Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coruscant Nights podcast, we're happy to have you here. We've got a little something different for you this week because it's actually Easter coming up and we're not able to gather together as a group any day um, in the coming week, so we decided to do uh, three separate audio clips and share our thoughts with you on the recent episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, So you'll be hearing individually from myself and from Mark and from Jack and they'll be giving their opinions, I'll be giving my opinions. We've briefly discussed this already, we kind of share the same thoughts, but we do have some different things that we want to talk about. So, thanks for joining us again, we hope that you're enjoying the podcast and that you're enjoying listening to our takes on the Star Wars franchise, and of course the Mandalorian, and uh, for what's to come as well. Just a reminder, we do have social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the name Coruscant Nights. And we also have Patreon, and thanks to Ben and Nikita again for their support over our journey. We appreciate you guys a lot. Um, And if you guys listening want to go support us, go to Patreon. It's under Coruscant Nights again. The link is also in our Instagram bio. It's really cheap, and you get more content from us, early access to the podcasts, all sorts of little bits. So, this was episode 6 of season 3, or the 22nd chapter in The Mandalorian Journey. It was titled Guns for Hire, and directed by a Mandalorian director, Bryce Dallas Howard, and it ran for a runtime of 45 minutes. This episode, right off the bat, I'm just going to mention... I was not a fan of this episode. I thought it was very, very lackluster in terms of what they were setting up last week and the follow-through in what they decided to show us was really disappointing, and which is a shame because I've, I've quite liked the series so far, contrary to what my co-hosts believe and obviously their opinions on the series um, are probably a little bit more negative than what I've thought and I always try to keep it open mind, a positive mind about the content that Star Wars, uh, that Disney is producing for Star Wars, uh, because I think any time we get Star Wars content, it's really beneficial for everyone, Um, because not all Star Wars content is going to be for everyone, but that's where the variety comes in, and I think it's really good what Disney are doing. I don't, I'm not going to talk about the, the, the plot of the episode. Most of you who are listening to this will have already seen it. Um, and there's not a lot to nitpick about in terms of Easter eggs and stuff, but there's definitely things that I can talk about and that Jack and Mark will talk about as well that we've kind of noticed in the episode that we liked, that we disliked. The first thing that I want to mention is that I'm really frustrated with how the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is getting sidelined a lot. And that also goes with Grogu as well. The heart of this show in season one and two was about the bond and the connection that Din and Grogu had. And it was explored and it tore our hearts when Grogu had to live with Luke. And, you know, Mando was struggling to get back into his bounty hunting ways. And that was a really interesting struggle to see on screen. But in this season... They've just been completely thrown aside in favor of Bo-Katan. And I, I don't dislike Bo-Katan. I think she's a really cool character. I think that she's had a great story. She's been developed really well. Katie Sackhoff is a brilliant actress who's just 
brings everything to the role of Bo-Katan Kreez and I'm, I'm very thankful for her for committing to the role. I just feel that there could have been a better way around this. Perhaps, I feel like we've seen a lot more of Bo-Katan in this series than the Mandalorian at all. So, it's kind of difficult to suggest what might have been the way to go. I really don't think that her own series would have done justice, especially the way she's kind of been tagging along with Din, it wouldn't have worked. But there's definitely a way you can structure this without sidelining the Mandalorian. There's plenty more story left for him to go through, character developments, and we saw that in Season 2 and Season 1 that we're just not getting in this season at all. On the topic of character development, I think what happened at the end of this episode with Mando using technicalities to give Bo-Katan the Darksaber really just eliminates all character development for Din that he's developed over the last two episodes, uh, last two seasons. Din was an interesting character because he felt out of place. His his family and his race were destroyed. It was the only thing that was giving him identity. And then he found another purpose beyond bounty hunting. Um, and that was taken away from him in season two, but then sh- returned to him very shortly after, which kind of eliminated that development to grow beyond loss. And then you had the story arc of Din winning the Darksaber, but not wanting it. He never really trained with it. He was never really good with it. But like we saw with Sabine Wren in Rebels, she recognized the history of the Mandalorians and the importance of the Darksaber in their culture. And so she took it upon herself to, to understand the blade, train with it to get better. Din has shown no interest at all. I think he's really just been looking for a way to get rid of it. Perhaps maybe he just didn't think it was like something that was that important and should have just been forgotten. He's not like other Mandalorians. He'll just follow the blade wherever it goes. And on that note, how come this didn't happen? I know Moff Gideon was in the ship and was kind of explaining it a bit better, but surely they could have used that logic at the end of the second season to justify giving the Darksaber to Bo. Anyway, I'm getting a little off topic. I'm just really frustrated with Din's character arc in this series. He seems to just be the tag-along and going on missions that aren't really important. And we saw that today with this episode and going to the planet Plazir 15. I want to talk about this and I want to talk about two characters in particular. I'm all for Star Wars cameos. But maybe it's the media at the moment. But Jack Black and Lizzo are not two people who fit in the Star Wars media at all. There is zero room for a Jack Black character and a Lizzo character in Star Wars. And what they were saying, what their role was, was completely out of place in Star Wars. Their royalty, sure, that's fine. They're big name celebrities. But they... The way they delivered things did not seem at all like they knew what they were talking about. It just... You don't... You want a cameo like big names like that to 
have some significance over maybe the course of a long time uh, over a couple series but just it's like with Tim Meadows character in episode uh, in the last episode I don't think we'll see him again it's great to see him he seems like someone who maybe could be in a Star Wars uh, series but absolutely not Jack Black and Lizzo I'm sorry as great as I think those two people are they did not fit in this at all and I feel like that this is something that a lot of people are going to talk about for a long time. It felt like, as a Marvel as a Marvel fan, it felt like the Megan the Stallion cameo in She-Hulk. It just felt forced. It didn't really feel genuine to the story. It was just a little awkward and cringeworthy. And that's how I feel about this cameo from Jack Black and Lizzo. I don't think we'll see them ever again, and I'm happy about that. I just wish we hadn't seen them in the first place because it's not something we need in the Star Wars media. I made a lot of notes in my notebook, I'm just looking. There were some uh, different sort of ideas dropped, the Coruscant Accords. I'm assuming that's a New Republic uh, establishment, something that they to light after the Empire. Probably the Amnesty Program is a part of that. What else did I write? Oh, there was a cool um, little catchphrase from uh, Din. He said, you had me at battle droids. A little cliche, but you know, that's uh, that's what we like about Star Wars when it's cliche. I thought one of the strangest moments in, this, in the episode was the when Bo-Katan and Din were chasing the B-2 battle droid. The battle droid itself looked, first of all, it looked so bad, poorly done in CGI. But secondly, what the heck? It was running like it had human legs or ostrich legs and it was running 40 miles an hour. Not 40 miles, that's really quick, maybe 40 kilometers. Like it was running 40 kilometers an hour. And it just, it did not look like a droid. It did not act like a droid. Just, I know I'm nitpicking, but it's really frustrating to see them almost lose focus of what's what Star Wars is. We also had uh, Count Dooku's name dropped by that old man looking over the droids. That was a weak storyline, weak character development. And we had that scene at the start with the two fishes, the Mon Calamari and whatever the other species is. I said WTF fish love, which, I mean, is pretty accurate of what it was. It was kind of weird. And yet again, another storyline that A, isn't important and B, didn't go anywhere. My last comment was that it was a very mid-episode. I, In fact, it was it was not a good episode. I'm trying to think. The bullet trains were cool. I thought we were going. To, I thought it might have been a flashback to Mandalore because of the dome structure. I, I'm I'm really not impressed with this episode. For such a cool title, Guns for Hire, that's really cool. The fact that it was so poorly done, so poorly written, so poorly acted, and so poorly executed, it it's really insulting. I, on my Instagram, I gave this a 4 out of 10. Now that I'm thinking about it again, I would go even lower. There was one point I almost fell asleep in this episode. 
this had no importance to the to the overall story. It's the ending, which was the only important bit, could have been resolved in a minute last episode. And I'm just I'm really scared for the finale of this series because the way it's going, it's it's very poor. And my conversations with Jack and Mark have been also concerning about what the rest of this series has in store. We've kind of been well, I've been mostly optimistic about what I liked. I picked little things. But as a whole, this episode did not work. I've seen some comments online that said it was a Clone Wars-esque vibe episode. I completely agree. It reminded me a little bit of a like Coruscant at nighttime as well with all the lights, people wandering the streets. I think, more than anything, this was probably a comment on society and with droids taking over, as in like doing becoming slaves and everything and humans becoming so lazy that they need droids for everything <sighs> Bryce Dallas Howard has done two episodes really well and then she's done this crap fest Sanctuary in season one was a masterpiece and the heiress in season two was phenomenal this just was not good at all I don't know how many more times I can say it without becoming angry and frustrated and I'm sure that my co-host will agree with me I just I'm really not impressed at all at this point in time it was it kind of reminds me a little bit of episode 3 on the Coruscant I didn't dislike that episode as much but in terms of its relevance to the overall story it's really really poor no relevance uh, I've, I've got, <laughs> I'm trying to stay optimistic, but it's so difficult. And for those who listen to our podcast and our um, Hopes for 2023 podcast, which is becoming more and more relevant actually as the time goes on, Jack mentioned that this was the most likely to go wrong. It's steering in the wrong direction. I know in every season there's that one episode that is kind of a bit of a miss, uh, they've for both of the series, both of the seasons beforehand, they've been early on. To have a really bad episode this late on in the series is really bad. I'm really hoping that we get a John Favreau or Dave Filoni written and directed episode next week, so that we can just get back to the groundness of the of the Mandalorian uh, story. And we can just end this season on a good note because it has to have some sort of important finale. They cannot go two years waiting, making audiences wait for this show for two years for another setup. Like what they're doing, like what they did in The Bad Batch. But that's a bit different because it's animated and we got season one and season two relatively quickly. Two years is a long time, and yeah, it looks great, and that's fine, and it's awesome that it looks great, but the story is lacking. There's so many little things in the season that I've noticed that just aren't up to the standard that we are expecting. The Mandalorian is a phenomenon, a global phenomenon. Grogu is a global phenomenon. Why are they getting sidelined in the show called The Mandalorian? That is all I have to say. I hope I haven't left it on too much of a sour of a note, um, but 
just a reminder just a reminder socials instagram facebook youtube tiktok patreon go support us um thanks for listening and we'll see you next week with hopefully a better episode see you guys chapter 22 guns for hire ah what was that episode man from the dialogue to the plot development to the weird running cgi separatist droid what is happening like I don't really care at all for these celebrity cameos. They don't belong in Star Wars. It's not meant to be cameo after cameo of just random singers and actors like Jack Black, Lizzo, and Doc Martin. Like, why Like why do we need these people in Star Wars? Anyway, let's go from the top. So there was the first scene with the weird two fish people from the Mon Cala and the Quoll people, whatever they are, the people with the tentacles. And then you have an Imperial ship come over, and I was like, oh, damn. Might be getting some Moff Gideon action. Or some sort of new Imperial warlord. Oh, wait, no, it's just Axe Woes. Mm-hmm. Remember that one guy from way back in Season 2 who was just a side character with Bo-Katan who you probably would have thought we wouldn't see again? But, yeah, apparently he's uh, a leader now for that clan, so, yeah, that's something, I guess. Okay, so we eventually cut back to Bo-Katan, Din, and Grogu going to a planet that looks eerily from the outside like Mandalore, which kind of threw me off a bit at the start. But uh, it's just weird-ass planet with a dome where people live inside. And you got Jack Black's character, who was an ex-imp, and Lizzo's character, who was, I don't know, some princess or something from that place. And then they tasked them to take out some and locate the reason for their droids being faulty. Of course, because they have to do that before getting to Axe Woves and just to eventually come to that two-minute conclusion, which I'll talk about later, where um, they Bowen Din go off to the underground of that city or whatever you want to call it. And Grogu, meanwhile, Grogu literally gets like one minute of screen time where he's just chilling with Lizzo the entire time doing some Force stuff on some weird hooky golf thing. Like, what the... Oh man, this episode just, I, talking about it just infuriates me more, to be honest. Like, if th- this episode would have been better if they had like 15 episodes or even 12 episodes in the season. This is the third last episode. We've only got two left and literally nothing has happened this entire season. It's just a bunch of random ass episodes that don't collate to anything. Like, what, how did this take two years to come out? This should have been like, the way it's going, it should be just like half a, half a year to make because it's just nothing. It's just pure garbage, hot garbage. Like, I'm genuinely infuriated. Anyway, let's continue. So, they go to this underground place. They Din does actually some funny-ass shit and kicks the droid and tries to see which one's faulty. And then it became like, I swear to God, it was a reference for iRobot, the movie with Will Smith, where they're, like, living with droids. And then one of the droids is, like, doesn't want to be in that kind of program and he's like his own person that was like the exact same running scene in style as i robot so i guess that was a cool reference because i like that movie um what's another positive uh i guess it was cool seeing the battle drawers again in like proper updated cgi from the prequels ugnaughts uh, i guess cool um yeah and after that they do all that weird stuff and then they go to a droid bar, which I was almost falling asleep during because I was like, this is hot garbage, but that's okay. Um, then after the weird-ass droid bar, 
they go to a morgue where droids apparently are in morgues now and basically just human, so cool, I guess. And then Din uses the Darksaber for, like, the first time in, like, forever. Just a slice of droid in half. That was cool. And then after that, I guess, it was really just them figuring out there was the old guy who's a security for, um... The place and you get Count Dooku name drop and then you got another guy who believes that democracy is with the separatists and I mean uh, Count Count Dooku name drop is pretty cool always always appreciate that but then after that they're like whoa job complete and then yeah then they go to Axe Woes whoa how exciting <sighs> and then the coolest bit of the whole episode Bowen Axe. <laughs> fight for, I don't know, I guess the clan, and then, uh, that was a cool fight scene, actually, I'll give him credit for that, um, and they have, like, a mad fleet, which I think will be coming handy, hopefully, later for the plot, and then, yeah, and then Axe is just like, you don't have the Darksaber, and then, and then Bo's like, you know, like, it's okay, because we need to be together and fight together, we're stronger together, and then, Din has some weird-ass lame reasoning for her getting the Darksaber because he lost it to a droid, even though he wasn't beaten wielding it. He literally sneak attacked, jumped by that weird droid in the Mandalorian mines, and then she just uses it to slice the droid. Apparently that gives her the right to have it now, so he just literally hands it over to her. (sighs) So my opinion is, and thoughts are, What's the point of having Din and Grogu in the show anymore? Grogu is literally irrelevant this season. Din's lost all anything unique to him apart from just being a cool-looking Mandalorian figure. Now, he's just literally on the level of all the other Mandos. Bo is OP. The whole show should just be called Bo-Katan now. Like, um, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen in the next two weeks. I thought we were going to get some Imperial, maybe even backstory about Mandalore or even going to Mandalore. But this was just hot garbage filler so very disappointed my rating from instagram still stands at a four out of ten uh no plot development no relevance to the story uh you only need to watch basically the last five minutes of that episode yeah i guess i just have to wait for next week now so yeah that's my thoughts and opinions it's a bit bit down and uh not the happiest, but look, that episode just didn't do it for me, and I don't know about anyone else apart from, obviously, Mark and Cooper, but I know we all kind of agreed that it wasn't the best episode, but look, well, maybe other people think differently, but to me, this season has been very lacklustre and not that exciting, to be honest, so that's it from me from this week, guys. Catch you guys later. Hey, everyone. So, as we know, this week's episode was Guns for Hire. I thought that was actually a really cool name for an episode and as always it relates to two people or two groups of people in this case the Mandalorian mercenaries as well as Bo and Man- and Mando who or Din who get hired to destroy the droids which we'll obviously be getting into. Just to start overall I thought it was a pretty average or possibly even a subpar episode. Um, really hardly any story progression and Jack described it well as a fever dream it was just so weird like the droid bar and spiking drinks which again we'll be moving towards later but if we start with just the intro that prologue with the Quarren and the Moncala 
I just found it so kind of weird and awkward and especially unnecessary. Like, they could have just said that the um, Mandalorians had been hired by these people on this planet or wherever it was to go just do some jobs. Like, we didn't need at all this intro and, as I said, it was a bit uncomfortable to watch with that minor romance that was going on. But So we'll just... We'll just go right past that. If we, when we get to the intro, the the music, as we know, has changed every week, and I really, really enjoyed this one. It had a really kind of grand sort of tone to it, which I guess correlates to the the uh, Mandalorians that have been hired and what was going to happen later in the episode. So, we start with uh, Bo and Mando getting onto this new planet and obviously they just want to really quick talk to the um to Bo's former group that clan that she used to be the leader of but that does not go according to plan because the government of this planet wants to chat with them now we had an opportunity for some story development here like you know if they could try and um, get around the security and maybe even make an enemy with them but there was nothing to be done. They were taken in. And then we see the famous Jack Black. <laughs> now, to be honest, when I first saw him, I went, is that Jack Black? And then they zoomed in, and I was like, oh, my goodness, it actually is. I don't know how I felt about it. Like, it didn't serve any purpose to the plot for the overall show. He was only a minor character for this episode. And I'm kind of wondering why Disney put him and Lizzo in um, for, like, is it just for a famous name or why exactly are they in here? But anyway, um, they get assigned their task to hunt down the droids. So we, we know we're not getting very much plot development that occurring in this episode. But at least one good thing was seeing how Grogu interacted with him he's so cute as always jumping around playing games lots of fun we continue and see the famous christopher lloyd yet another cameo uh very interesting um don't know why again they had to put him in but oh well it is what it is we move on to one of probably one of my favorite scenes in the episode which was the ugnaughts it was really interesting to see... Well, first of all, <laughs> it's pretty unfortunate that they're all the way right down the bottom of the um, city, which kind of, kind of you could say, is a symbolism of, like, they're at the bottom of the ladder. They're the ones making the droids, and the droids are the ones that help make this so-called utopia because they're the ones that allow all the people on the top floors to not need to work. And yet these Argonauts are always slaving away down the bottom. They probably uh, like it, enjoy making droids, etc. But you've got to wonder if, you know, if they're being forced to do it or if, they're, if they want to do it or whatnot. And then we get this really, really fun interaction of Bo basically demanding she wants to know which droids are faulty, why they're faulty, where they are, how they can stop them. And that she gets absolutely nowhere, completely ignored. Mando, on the other hand, 
who has had some experience with the great Ugnaught Quill, a great callback, understands how to talk to the Ugnaughts, and uh, they answer him back, you know, they reply, they tell him um, where they are, they understand that he means respect, um, and he gives them respect back, and yeah, that was pretty, pretty fun. Unfortunately, it really only goes downhill from here. We get to this... Oh, man, it was pretty funny, this interaction with a B1 battle droid, but again, it got pretty odd, especially with the super battle droids and this one that runs away. I'm pretty sure Cooper stated how it seems pretty unnatural for a droid or at least for a B2 battle droid like we've seen in the Clone Wars and the prequels. The way it runs is not what you would expect of one of these droids. It seems a bit too human-like in terms of its movements, which makes sense because it was probably done via motion capture or something like that. But, um, you know, still seems pretty pretty odd. Now, it gets only worse from here, unfortunately. We move into a droid bar, and uh, I'll be honest, I thought they had a great opportunity here to make a joke with a call back to A New Hope, saying something along the lines of, your kind aren't welcome here, you know, completely reversing the roles in um, A New Hope when Luke and Obi-Wan walk into the bar and C-3PO and R2 are told to wait outside. Well, I thought they had a great opportunity here with all these droids inside and these two humans walking in, you know, they might have been told to leave, but apparently not. No, they didn't want to take this opportunity to do that funny joke, but that's all right. The thing, though, that was especially weird is that these droids, you could say, are buying drinks. It's some kind of lubricant or something, but they've been spiked. It's such a just funny concept. You'd never, you'd never ever, like, think it up of spiking drinks for droids leading them to go haywire, essentially, a malfunction. It seems pretty wacky, as I stated in my review. And then we get this droid, uh, once they go to the lab to get a search for what, what's going on in the, in the oil, uh, this medical droid sort of thing that shoots its lasers around. Uh, so, just so wacky. I mean, it was really cool to see the Darksaber in action again, though. That was That was a really cool little bit and then when when it comes to the analysis of this this oil they can somehow see this like script written on the little molecule things that that seems a bit far-fetched but you know it's star wars it's made up you just got to go with it now this part it, it's leading towards two of the parts in this episode that I probably enjoyed the most, uh, when they return to Christopher Lloyd's character and he reveals his motivations. It's, again, it seems a little odd, but I actually kind of enjoy, you know, he's he's actually a Separatist. Like, you don't really hear about the Separatists. Even in the Clone Wars, there's only a few arcs when you get the perspective of the Separatists and we get a good call back to Count Dooku. This guy doesn't doesn't didn't want to work with the, quote, corrupt republic, the empire, the new republic. He wants the, he wants to see a government 
ruled in a manner that the separatists in Kanduku sought. After his capture, we get another scene of Jack Black and Lizzo. Again, pretty, pretty subpar scene, in my opinion. Didn't really do much. I mean, it was pretty funny to see Grogu get knighted, but, you know, that's all it is funny. He doesn't really mean anything. We finally get to the climax, if you will, of the story. We get some actual plot development. I don't think Jack particularly enjoyed this because he stated it was a reversal in the plot. I don't know what Cooper thought of it, but I quite enjoyed it, actually. And, you know, when they had this really cool fight to try and regain her um, Bo's leadership of the clan and then we get to this part where Din offers to give Bo the Darksaber back now I was wondering how this was going to go down like was he just going to um, do a instigate a fight to her and then just yield I don't think that's is that even allowed I don't know but it turns out that apparently a few episodes back when the droid, that droid creature, kidnapped Din and he lost his Darksaber, apparently they can count this. And then when Bo takes it off that creature and defeats him, she's apparently now the owner of the Darksaber. Which, to be fair, I actually considered that when I watched that episode, but I thought, oh, it's just nothing, you know, nothing's going to come out of this. But as we find out, it did. It took a few episodes, so, you know, a lot of filler and a lot of unnecessary episodes and storylines, but we finally get something, and Bo is now finally reclaimed her right to rule the clan, and hopefully her right to rule Mandalore. Well, that's the end. that was the end of this episode, so I guess looking forward to next week, hopefully um, there's some actual main plot development or exploration and yeah thank you see you next week thanks for listening to the coruscant nights podcast don't forget to follow us on social media on instagram facebook and youtube go check us out on patreon if you want more content from us or if you want to support our growth and once again thanks for listening and from the coruscant nights team may the force be with you